On this episode, we're talking about how to be awesome at not being a helicopter parent. I am super excited about today's topic because it's one of those that I feel like I've learned the hard way, and I wish I would have known all of this years ago. So hopefully the tips and strategies we are going to talk about today help some of you take a step back and look at what are you physically doing for your kids and what are you allowing them to do? Are you letting them fail and learn? Are you letting them make their own small decisions? If everything is done for our kids and every obstacle is removed out of their way, how are they expected to think for themselves and problem solve? Today, I'm sharing my perspective on helicopter parenting and the very specific ways that I adjusted what I was doing, and it's already made a huge impact on my kids. This is a full disclosure episode, you guys, and a no judgment zone. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Full disclosure, by nature, I am 1000% a helicopter parent. So I know I have to be fully conscious not to actually be one. It wasn't until just recently that I realized what a disservice I was doing for my girls. I realized just lately how much I need to relax on things that could be a little unsafe or dangerous and realize that most of them are not. And there's a middle ground instead of the extreme that I was doing. If I can't see my kids physically, I'm worried about them. Are they eating healthy food? Is someone saying something weird to them? Could they be doing something dangerous? Are they sad or scared or confused? While a lot of these concerns are valid and we should always have them as high priorities as parents, I now realize I wasn't really empowering my kids by doing so many things for them and pushing every difficult thing out of the way. In fact, I was subconsciously kind of telling them that they weren't capable of doing it, so I had to do it for them. All things I don't think and I didn't realize I was pushing through to my kids. Like, what's the harm in letting them make their own breakfast? Yes, it wouldn't be as healthy and as balanced as the breakfast I would give them, but maybe they're getting something more valuable in the process. They're learning how to do it themselves, and they're saying that I have confidence in them to do it themselves. My husband always tells me how he was riding bikes all over the neighborhood at five years old, and I don't know, I just think of it as a different time, but there is something to be said about kids having independence and freedom. Now, on the flip side, I think it's really important to stay engaged with our kids and their teachers and the school and help support our kids in ways that they would not know or not be able to do themselves. It's our job to look out for our kids and protect them against harm. But I realize now I was taking this to the extreme. I wasn't taking a step back and looking at the full picture and being more reasonable about the limits I put on my kids. Here's a story for you. So last school year, something really interesting happened to me. At our school, they have something called Spark Day. So each kid picks a topic and they spend the whole day at school doing a project about something that sparks their interest. My second grader, my eight-year-old Stella, wants to be a chef and she loves to bake. So we had 50 cakes in cake boxes and her plan was to invite over 
other second graders and teach them everything she knew about how to decorate a cake. We planned it all out for weeks and she was so, so excited. She was dressed up and ready for her big Spark Day project. When we showed up at school that morning, the teachers in charge had moved her location into the kitchen, which wouldn't work because her whole plan was to have other kids in her grade come over and learn how to frost and decorate a cake. The school kind of puts similar projects in similar areas of campus. They break up the classes. And I knew this and I mentioned it to teachers ahead of time to try to prevent this, but it just didn't work out. So there was a little bit of a shuffle in moving her around. So she ended up starting about 15 minutes later than the other kids. I could just see in her face that everything she had planned out was now a hot mess around her because of this unforeseen change. There was no way she could get set up in time. So I had a judgment call to make. I knew they didn't want parents lingering for more than a few minutes. And they really stressed that they want these projects to be done completely by the kids. But because her location had changed and her setup was delayed, it's just one of those things that happen. That just happens. And I couldn't see any way of her doing it without physically having a helping hand. And all of the teachers have a lot of kids to oversee. So it was me or nobody. So I had to decide, leave her to figure it out or I stay for an extra 10 or so minutes to help her very quickly get everything in place and then I bolt. I also didn't want to leave a big headache for the teachers. I knew they already have their hands full. So I decided, okay, I'm going to stay and very quickly help her set up so she can just rock and roll all day. I had to decide if it was right to help my second grader when she needed an extra hand and risk judgment of teachers or faculty. And that's exactly what happened. One super kind, amazing teacher came over and said in a really fun and cheeky way, hey, we really want these kids to do these projects on their own. Are you planning on heading out anytime soon? I told her, absolutely. We had something unforeseen happen. I just needed to help her move all the cakes and get them in place so she can do this on her own. She was like, cool, and said, okay, no problem. I helped Stella set up. She gave me the hugest hug and thanked me for helping her get it all into place because 50 cakes is actually a lot to move. And like I said, it would have just been impossible for her to do on her own. She was so grateful and she worked hard all day teaching all the other kids how to decorate cakes and she just had the best day ever and really learned a lot. So I'm thinking that worked out. Then later in gymnastics, we were at class and one of my best friends, my mom friends told me that she popped in that day to check in on Spark Day during lunch and one of the teachers told her, hey, you should probably scoot out of here. One parent was already kicked out of this place. I knew immediately that she was referring to me and I was so disappointed that the kind interaction that I had with that one teacher was then transposed in a totally different way through other faculty members and that ended up being the story. I knew I was being pegged as a hovering helicopter parent and you know what? In that moment, I was okay with it. It was one of those times where I could have walked away and let her problem solve herself but in that moment, For me to stay that extra 10 minutes was everything to her. And she's in second grade, right? And she looked at me like she needed me. And her eyes were filled with like potential tears. And it was just one of those moments as a mom when you just have to do what you know is right and not worry about what anybody else thinks. But 
With that comes the labeling. And I feel like ever since that day at that school, I haven't really been able to escape the label of a helicopter parent. And listen, a lot of it's justified. I'm obsessed with my kids and their health and their happiness and their growth. And I'm a person who likes to do everything 110%. I would be room mom in every class every year if they would let me. They won't, so I switch off every other year being a room parent in each girl's class. It's just my nature to be involved and help, and I just want my kids to be happy, like we all do. So now, in the school example, I do understand that from an outside perspective, a faculty member could think, geez, can't she just let her kid do their own project? But that's where my whole philosophy comes in, where we all just need to be a little bit more understanding and know that we don't always know the entire story from a quick glance. And certainly sharing a different version of what happened through what appeared to be catty talk after the fact was unnecessary and a total bummer. But it also made me think, do I need to back off a little bit? In this case, I still think I made the right decision, But I think in a lot of other cases, I haven't been making the right decision. I'm not letting my kids try and fail. I'm not letting them feel empowered and independent and capable. The whole college admission scandal was really interesting to me because it asked the question, would you rather your kids be at the bottom of the class of a really hard school for them or at the top of the class at a school that was a good match for them? I never want my kids to feel like the best they can do is not good enough for me. So how do we do it? For all of us parents that are currently hovering over our kids, making decisions for them and protecting them from every possible thing in the world, for me, it started with self-awareness, realizing what I was doing and making an immediate shift and just stepping back and looking at situations differently. We are so busy as moms and as parents, it's so easy to get into a groove and not really look at the whole picture as your kids get older. Now, I have them totally ordering for themselves at restaurants, deciding what they want to do on a Saturday, not planning out every hour and it's going great for us so far. How did I not realize this before? How limiting I was being. I had all the best intentions. I just didn't stop and realize that my girls were growing up and they can and they want to do more than they've been doing. If everything is done for you and every obstacle is removed out of your way, how are you expected to think for yourself and problem solve? So now when they come to me with problems, I ask them questions rather than just telling them what I think. I'm teaching them to problem solve rather than solving their problems. I'm also teaching them more life skills, and sometimes it's by putting them to work. Things I used to think like, well, that's kind of hard for a seven-year-old to do. I'll just do it. I'll ask her to do it and show her how if she can't. So I'm teaching them basic life skills and also showing my confidence in them that they can do these adult things. I let them make more decisions than I used to, which some I secretly hate, like, when they want to wear the same yoga pants to school over and over instead of their beautiful fall clothes. But what does it really matter? The lesson I'm teaching them in the process that they can make this decision on their own is far more important than people thinking they only own two pairs of pants. I also let them choose their own interests. If they don't want to do certain activities anymore, 
I first make sure they aren't just trying to quit over a hard day or a hard week or a hard month. But if they really don't want to do it anymore, then we stop. I don't put any of my own preferences above theirs. They choose their own interests and how often they want to do it. I just don't want them to feel like they are ever doing something because I'm making them do it or because I just want them to. I also don't step into every little thing that happens at school. I see if they can solve their own problems first. Of course, if they're being bullied or something unacceptable is happening, of course, that's a totally different story entirely. But if they have a conflict with a friend or something that's a natural part of growing up, I am not running to the office. I take a beat before I intervene. A big part of this whole change for me was listening more. I was hearing them before, but I wasn't fully listening enough. You know when your kid says something and you sort of pass it off, then you realize later they've been telling you the same thing for weeks and you just didn't fully process it? This is still a work in progress for me, to be honest, but I'm trying to slow down and not do 200 things at once and listen to what they have to say and ask questions. Now, all this was not easy for me to get to at first, but now it totally is. I'm still always watching. I'm just doing it a little bit further away. If you feel like you could be helicoptering, give these tips a try. They've really helped me and they are all things I wish I would have really understood a few years ago. Tell me what you thought on my social by commenting on my post about this episode. I'll talk to you soon, my newly non-helicoptering parent friends. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.